All right. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Stories of Selling Human podcast. I'm your host, Alex Smith, and I started this podcast because I believe everyone in the world will someday be faced with a situation, could be business, could be personal, that requires you to create change. I think we all want to be heard, seen, and understood, but the people who get our attention and convince, persuade, or influence us are not just salespeople. There are great people throughout all walks of life that we're drawn to. I'm going to share their stories here so we can tap into what makes us human, practice our human skills, and ultimately, we'll all become better at selling by being human. All right, gang, we have a huge treat on the line today. This is someone who I've respected for a while, got into his books just recently, and um, you know we're gonna get a, a ton of value from. So this person, you've probably seen him on stages if you've been to any you know sales keynote in the last uh, couple of years. This person talks to small audiences of 50 all the way up to 16,000. He speaks with Olympic athletes, political leaders, even a former United States president. He's best known for his book that he co-authored called The Go-Giver with John David Mand and also Endless Referrals, as well as a, a series of books in the Go-Giver series. He's sold over a million copies of The Go-Giver, and since its release, it stayed on the top 25 list on the Porchlight's business book bestsellers list uh, and it's been translated into 30 languages. So this person has, you know, now sold over 2 million books. He's a member of the National Speakers Association and inductee to their Hall of Fame. I am so pleased to welcome none other than Bob Berg to the podcast. Welcome, Bob. Wow. What a great introduction. Thank you, Alex. <laughs> great to be with you. I mean, if I read off your full bio, Bob, it may take the full 30 minutes, but I'm just grateful to have you here with, with us. Thank you. My pleasure. You know, Bob, so, you know, ser years later after authoring The Go-Giver, it's one of those timeless, like classic books, I feel like. And, you know, just it, it, it's a quick read, but, you know, something that, you know, really it's just important for people to, you know, internalize and actually practice and apply. It's not, it's one of those books you, you, you know, it, it's, it's not just like a read and kind of move on. It's a read and kind of apply and internalize. And, and like Ariana Huffington said in the beginning, like it's a, it's a way of being, it's not just something you do, you know, being that. So before I ask you, like, so maybe I'll just in the beginning, cause I think you might take this question from a lot of different places. I ask all my guests, Bob, when you think of the term, because you saw the, the the title of this podcast, Stories of Selling Human. Um, you're familiar with Dan, Dan Pink's book, oh, To Sell as Human. Sure. Yeah. So when you think of the term, like sell something and sell it by being human, what does that mean to you? And, and what, how would you define, you know, that way of selling? Well, I think of selling itself as, as being something very benevolent. Uh, you know, I think what happens is there's a, a lot of people, the, the biggest challenge with selling is that people have a misperception about it, right? So it, 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 so many people think that selling is about trying to um, convince someone to uh, buy something they don't want or need, right? Uh, that's not selling. That's called being a con artist, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so selling by by definition is simply discovering what the other person does want, does need, does desire, and helping them to get it. Now it takes a skill set to do that, okay? It takes really more than anything though, a focus on really desiring to bring value to to others. 
And I think Dan talked a lot about that in his his book, you know, the human part. But but to me, if you're selling, uh, not conning, but selling, well, that is very human, right? And, uh, you know, here's what's interesting. And in our, our follow-up to The Go-Giver, Go-Givers Sell More, John David Mann, my awesome co-author, uh, and he's a great wordsmith. And what he found, and I love this, he said, you know, the old, the old English root of the word sell is salan, which, which meant to give. So when you're selling, you're literally giving. Now, someone might say, well, wait a second, Berg, that's clever and all, but isn't that just semantics, selling, giving? What are you really giving? Well, let's say you're in front of someone, it's a selling situation. And again, as you said, it might be business, it might be you know, where you're going to go to dinner, or it might be why someone should, you know, why your child should study harder in a certain, so I, it could be anything, right? And so when you are, you're in front of someone, you are uh, selling. So what are you giving? Well, I suggest you're giving time, attention, counsel, education, empathy, and most of all, value. So if we look at selling this way, we see it as a whole different. We see it as being very human. It's one human caring about another human. Yeah, totally. I mean, you're, you're, I thought it was just so, like I saw a summary is just like even in your LinkedIn profile, it's like you know, we just we should shift our focus from getting because we all know what we want to get out of it. We want a, a, you know the signature on the dial line. We want to you know, get a deal closed. We want to get, you know, we all have outcomes and it's completely okay to have, uh, you know, goals and, and things that we want to get out of things. Right. Um, but you say shifting your focus from constantly providing value that doesn't necessarily, um, preclude you or erase the fact that we all want things. We all want to, um, you know, being a go-giver doesn't, uh, say, you don't want to get things, right? So, yeah, yeah. Maybe explain that shift in yeah, focus. Well, it's yeah, a, that, well, and you you hit it on the on the head. It's a, a shift in focus. You're shifting your focus from getting to giving. Now, when we say giving in this context, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing immense value to others. Understanding that doing so is not only a more pleasant or more fulfilling way of conducting business. It's the most financially profitable way as well so there's no there's no um uh martyrship in doing this here here's the thing okay and i and i say this so often when i speak at sales conferences nobody but nobody is going to buy from you because you have a quota to meet okay they're not going to buy from you because uh you need the money or because you have a goal Okay, they're not going to buy from you just because you are a nice human being. Okay, they're going to buy from you because they believe that ultimately they will be better off by doing so than by not doing so. Okay, this is simply human nature. So that's why if 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 you and by the way, this is actually great news for that person who has a true authentic desire to bring value to others. Okay, so again, there's nothing doormatty, self-sacrificial, or martyrish about about doing this. You're not you're not shifting your focus off of yourself and onto them, even just because you're a nice person. It is good business to do so. Again, when we're in an economic environment where no one is forced to buy from you. Yeah, you know, I think um, 
you were saying something like, yeah, like some people might say this is like the term go giver and go, okay, just constantly giving and thinking, focusing on giving. And um, like you think you said the word nice. And I think people confuse the term, you know, terms, nice, kind, benevolent, compassionate, you know, they kind of um, or giving a giver, you know, right. Like they maybe, you know, there's a confusion around, Hey, um, you know, we're not running a charity here <laughs> right? or, you know, we, we, we have to, um, you know, uh, there, there, there has to be some, um, you know, something in it for us, right? Like, yes, we want to over, um, provide value. Right. But, um, um, yeah, it's not that, you know, yeah, you've said something in the book too. It's not about just nice guys finishing last or things like that. It's like about a, a certain focus. So I'm, I'm curious what you've, what you've, the feedback that you've gotten from maybe the, your detractors, you know, and what you say to them. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let's talk about that premise first, you know, about, and, and it's that, it's that people ask the go giver, are you and John saying, you know, is the, the moral of the story that nice guys, nice gals, nice people finish first? Is that what it's about? No. No, it's not. Now, do nice people finish first? Sure. Do nice people finish last? Sure. Okay. So it's not just about that. Now, being nice is a great thing. Uh, and by the way, uh, uh, here I'm intercha- I'm using interchangeably nice and kind. The two aren't necessarily the same. One can act nice as a way of manipulating another human being, but not. <laughs> but, but right here, let's let's use them interchangeably. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Being nice is a great thing. Being yeah. nice actually makes it easier for. People to want to do business with you. I mean, by and large, people would rather do business with someone nice and, as opposed to someone nasty. But but it's not enough. And I mean, I, I think I can say that with confidence because okay. you know, you and I, everyone watching this, we all know people who we would describe as being simply nice people, who we would also have to describe as being simply broke people. Okay, so you know, again, it, it's. Being nice is a fantastic thing, and in and of itself, it's helpful, but it is not near enough. Success is a matter of doing the correct things in the success process that allows a person to be successful and finish first, if you will. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about like you outlined um, brilliantly. Like I, I just you know I picked this up and and just the 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 story that you tell with these laws of you know success um, and um, you know you kind of work people through you know um, just laws you know um, in these in these stories that your protagonists. Uh, um, found out and um and i'm sure like um you know just you've learned some of this through your your own life so this person learned about you know yeah like we talked about value and um you know give it you know uh, your success is determined by how much more you give in value than you know take in payment and things like that and you work people up i'm curious about um you know uh you you mentioned in the back of the book um someone that kind of helped you kind of I'm sure you took these off of real stories and you said, you know, the, 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 the person that he learned these from, I think is, um, you know, um, uh, Panda, Panda, like you're, um, you know, the person that Joe oh, was going, going yeah, to. Yeah, Pindar was the uh, main mentor. Pindar, yeah, the mentor. 
you know, was based off a guy named Bob Proctor. So tell me a little bit about like where you learned some of these laws and what a person like him was like in, in real oh, life. Oh, well, yeah, Bob Proctor was a great guy. We we modeled Pindar loosely, you know, on, on, yeah. on Bob. And we, we pictured, you know, what Bob looked like, his presence, his voice, the way he was. Bob was a very, very kind, kind man, always came from a place of prosperity. Great guy. Uh, I learned a lot from from Bob, uh, from his, you know, books and 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 audios and everything. Uh, he, he certainly wasn't my only teacher in terms of learning that. It was just, we modeled Bob because we both had such great respect for him. Oh, and, wow. And, and you know, cool. both feel we did learn a lot from him, but um, but it was his, his basic overall sense of prosperity and mindset and caring and genuine, just being a good guy <laughs> that we, that we, cool. that we liked, that we wanted to model. I think John and I both had lots of great teachers. We're both yeah. avid readers. We've both been entrepreneurs. We both, you know, as a writer, he's gotten to interview the most successful people in the world. And, uh, and in, uh, speaking, I've gotten to appear on stage with some of the most successful people. So I'm always asking questions. And so is John. We've both individually studied success for many, many years. So, uh, when I approached him with this idea, because, you know, uh, I had the thought of making this a parable as opposed to just a how-to, and John's a just a brilliant, brilliant writer and wordsmith, and so I asked him, if, you know, what he thought of the idea, and so, uh, you know, we really merged a lot of our own experiences and, and learnings and, and so forth into this. Yeah, I love, I love the background of the story. Um, you know, can you, like... I guess, you know, since, you know, writing it, um, have you seen, like, what are things that you've seen, like people you've met um, that, um, you know, maybe helped reinforce like some of the principles in this book? Because, you know, like just, you know, like some of these, it's just simple things, right? Like right. providing value, <laughs> influence, and they seem simple, but not everything that is so simple is simplistic uh, right. by any means. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, um, yeah, talk, talk to me a little bit about like, you know, um, you know, uh, people you've met, you know, since then, since this book, and maybe some of the thing you, you've learned maybe in your own life about some of these laws. Well, we love hearing stories from people who, you know, who have, who've applied the principles and have found a, a significant difference in their, in their business. We love hearing from parents who tell us they do these as family studies with their kids and you know people we just we love that you know there's nothing that that uh, that an author or co-author loves to hear more than the people have benefited from it not just in business but but personally um you know i think of the you know the stories i i like the most are the 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 people who um, well, let me give you an example. And, and this was actually pretty soon after the book came out. And, and it was really in the midst of a of the financial crisis back in the in 2008, 2009. And we heard from a, um, a, a entrepreneur who had a roof repair business, a roofing business uh, outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And during the, the financial crunch, he and his fellow roofers were all in the same spot and nobody was getting their roofs fixed. And that was because, you know, the money was tight. They couldn't, you know, take a chance on not getting reimbursed from their insurance companies and that, you know, the whole bit, right? So so this particular guy, as he wrote to share with us, did the same thing all his colleagues did. He kind of pulled back on what he was offering because he was having to try to somehow scratch out as much money as he could while giving the least, right? And so that's, the, of course, the opposite. He said he read The Go-Giver and he realized he was going about it all wrong. He said he had to find a way to bring more value, add more value 
for what he was charging. And so what he did is he had this great idea. He, he researched the insurance aspect of roofing and figured out how to systematically be able to collect the um, um, how to work with the insurance companies, Okay. how to, uh, how to work with the insurance companies to okay. get his customers reimbursed the full amount with the less stress, less hassle. Oh, oh, took time. that, took that yeah. whole, that hassle off the, the customers. Right. So now the insurance what he did, yeah. So now what he would do when he'd, he'd approach someone who he knew needed their roof repaired, he wouldn't ask if they wanted their roof repair. He knew they wanted it. People just weren't doing it. Now it was, you know, I, I can show you how to collect the money that's owed to you from your insurance company as much as you are you know, qualified to receive in the shortest time possible with the least hassle, and I can walk you right through how to do it. Boom. His business just, boom, it, it just, it just you know, killed. Wow. So yeah, so that to me is, and what he did, he figured the law of value, find out how much more about how can you make that experience for that person so spectacular that they feel as though they're receiving much more in value than what they paid for while you also make a very healthy profit. Wow. You know, um, uh, what is like when you think about, um, you know, I think about some people that might, um, you know, just say, well, yeah, you know, I'm a giving person. Like, you know, I'm I'm always open to to you know helping people out. Almost like passive giving, right? Like they're, you know, every once in a while they'll donate to charities, or that they they genuinely view themselves as a, a good you know person, and they're they'll they'll maybe give someone a dollar, you know, a, a homeless person a dollar. What is that difference between a passive giver and you know a, a go giver that you would describe in your book? Well, we, you know, we love charity and we hold it as a high value. We hope everybody does, but that's that's not really what we're talking about in terms of uh, of the go giver. That's not what the book is about. Uh, again, when we talk about giving, we're talking about providing value to the marketplace. And what is the marketplace? A group of individuals, right, who might need, want, or desire what you offer, who can benefit from your your services. The key is is understanding the difference between price and value. Because price is a dollar figure, it's a dollar amount. Value is different. Value can be defined as the relative worth or desirability of a thing, of something, to the, <clears throat> excuse me, to the end user or beholder. In other words, what is it about this thing, this product, service, concept, idea, what have you, that brings so much worth or value to someone that they will willingly, in the business sense, exchange their money for this, uh, if we're not talking business sense, then we're talking about their time, their energy, their commitment, you know, what have you. But let's say in this case, their, their money for this and be ecstatic that they did, be glad that they did. Now, to work effectively within this understanding, right, you've got to know that value is always in the eyes of the beholder. It's not what, what you or I, what we think is of value, it's not what we think they should think is of value. It's what they believe is of value. And that's what we've got to provide them. And that person who does that, again, whether we're talking business, personal, relational, whatever it, whatever it is, okay, the person who can, who, can, who can provide value to others in a way that that other person sees it as being of value, that's the person who's going to succeed. Yeah. Do you... Um... 
when you you coach sales reps and things like that, I'm curious uh, about um, those ways that you kind of help people. I don't know, frame questions or maybe, you know, come to realizations on their own, you know, because, you know, I, one of the best things a sales trainer ever told me was, you know, yeah, you don't get to determine value you know, where they ask the room, like who determines value in a, in a sales situation? Is it us or, or the customer? Like who, who, who creates and, and determines that value? And Pete, nobody raised their hand and it was like a trick question or something like that. And eventually they, they said just what you said. It was like, we don't create it. How could we determine well, it? Right. Well, no, we, you know? Yeah. Let me. So, can yeah. I stop you for one second? Yeah. Let me just give out, and I and I love what your what the sales trainer said. He's right. Yeah. Actually, we do create value. We have to create value. Yeah. We don't determine the value. Right. The, right. The, the, exactly. The, right. The buyer determines the value. Yeah. Exactly. So. <laughs> exactly. So you're, you're the trainer was absolutely right in what he was saying. Yeah. Yeah. So I I misspoke there. So yes. So you know they determine it, but. Um, certainly we, we, we create it. There's something about our product. There's something about how we present it. There's mm-hmm. how some, exactly. something about how we position it. We're not trying to push it on them, but we, we understand them well enough. We're asking the right questions to help them. Cause a lot of times some people can't articulate maybe, um, you know, what they really value, you know, maybe they, they think they, they value one thing and it's a, a small thing, but they, what they really value is, a much bigger problem where it's connected to a much bigger thing. So I wonder how you kind of um, help, you know, coach salespeople and, and just people in general about what to think about when you're kind of guiding people through that um, um, just uh, process and determining value on their own, because like there's probably things to say to someone to help them determine it on their own and, and definitely things you want to stay away from saying that can be seen as, well, don't tell me what to think or believe, or you know what 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 my problem is, Bob. Bob, like once once they feel that, and we can all feel those those salespeople are like, okay, you need a new roof. I you 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 need this and this and this. Much different than asking people questions about what they, um, you know, what they do, um, how they you know interact, what they what their roof is like, what problems they have, so that they reach on on their own. So yeah, curious, you know, about. Um, you know, those things to do and maybe not to do when you're helping people realize that. Yeah. And this is why what you said was so important when it comes down to, you know, some people don't really know what it is they want. They, they can't necessarily voice it. Why? Because they don't know your business as well as you know your business. Right. And so that's why sales is so important. And that's why that personal such is so important. Touch is so important. That's why that human to human connection is so important. Um, So how do we determine what it is they truly value? Well, it begins, as you said, with asking questions and then listening, really, really listening, not not just listening with your ears. That's the surface listening. That's the, you know, listening while we're waiting to respond, right? Uh, It's listening with your ears, but it's listening with your eyes. It's listening with your, your body language. It's it's listening in such a way that you are trying to really deeply understand what this person is saying. And then it's going deeper than that because we have to understand this is so important. As human beings, we all live our lives according to our individual beliefs or belief system. We see the world in a certain way. And as human beings, we tend to believe that everyone else 
basically sees the world the way we see it, which makes total intuitive sense, right? How could it be any different? It's all we know. So what we, that's why we have to understand, first, what we believe is a value may not be what they believe is a value. But even when we hear them utter a phrase, we interpret that phrase according to our own definitions, right? Which may not be exactly what that person means. So we've got to be willing to, to know that we don't necessarily know where they're coming from. And so we have to be able to gently and tactfully uh, ask them to clarify, to make sure we understand mm -hmm. how we do it in such a way, of course, that we don't make them defensive, but we make yeah. them feel very comfortable with the process. Just for my own clarification, you know, just to make yeah. sure I'm understanding correctly yeah. when you that. say, boom, right? Okay. It's as simple as that, but it's being willing to, to go through the work in, yeah. in, of doing that. Yeah. Wow. Um, you know, what, uh, you know, if, if you could think a, a, about like, um, like what you hope, like the future is for, for this met, you know, the, some of these methods, like, I, you know, I don't know, you know, kind of, um, I mean, you know, it's sold over a million copies and, and, you know, uh, you know, you've sold over 2 million books and you're still producing so much, uh, amazing, um, content, Bob, uh, with your podcast and, and books. Yeah. What, what is like, I mean, your hope five, 10 years from now from, from some of the concepts and some of these books, like, you know, if you could kind of, you know, fast forward in, in time. I would, I would just like to see more and more people embracing these concepts. I think, you know, a lot of people already do. And a lot of people already did well before the go-giver. Yeah, for uh, sure. You know, it, it said there's nothing new, uh, you know, under the sun. And, and, and uh, the, the five laws that John and I uh, shared in the book, um, you know, were based on principles that have been around since there have been market economies, right? <laughs> and so, you know, there's not, I remember the the late great Jim Rohn used to say, beware the, the person who comes offering you new fundamentals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like new antiques now. So there, you know, there's nothing new. We, you know, we, we, we maybe have named, you know, gave the yes, laws yes. names and put it in yes. story form. Again, that's John's brilliance in his writing, but, uh, but there's nothing really new. And, and, uh, you know, the first adapters, if you will, or adopters, I guess would be the, the proper term of, of the book were not the people who needed it. It was the people who had already built huge businesses and they wrote to us saying, this is how I did it. This is basically what I did, but nobody believes me. <laughs> because everybody's used to the, the old stories about how for sales and building a business, you must be horrible and ruthless and take advantage of people and, you know, all that, all that nonsense. Not that there aren't people who do that. It's a big world. There's people who do things yeah, you know, sure. that we don't agree with a lot, but, but by and large, and especially to the degree that, to the degree you're working within a market-based economy where no one's forced to do business with you, the only way you can earn a fantastic income and build a huge company is by providing a lot of value to people yeah. who choose to do business with you because they believe it's in their best interest to do so. Yeah. Well, I, um, I know we're coming to a close. Like what I, what I hope is, you know, I, I, just what you said, like that more people come to you and, and kind of like are willing to be, um, you know, just public at, at, at some of this and, and that, you know, our mindsets change about what sa sales could be, you know, sure. and, and what sure. the profession could be, because, um, I love where you said it's not, it doesn't preclude, like, you can't just be, you can't just be a giver and, 
do this and just expect to be wildly successful. Like you said, there are very, you know, great, you know, nice people that are successful CEOs and there are nice people that are broke. Um, but, you know, I, I love the quote. My dad also grew up in the Quaker religion. And when you said, you know, that quote, when you pray, move your feet. So it doesn't <laughs> pre- preclude a sound business plan. So my, my, my hope is that people kind of, you know, get more intentional about these things, you know, and not just think that they're, oh yeah, they're, they're basic. Like, oh, of course, like they're just a given, right? Being a go-giver isn't just, a, should be a given. It should be a, you know, um, really a, a truly intentional way of being um, that I hope people can, um, you know, actually create habits around. Um, you know, that's what that's I really true. hope. Um, I love it. Um, but Bob, uh, I know as we kind of come to a close, like I asked people a fun question about you, Bob. So like, you know, so that we carry this on for people to get to know you and me and everything. So it's just a fun, silly question about you. But, um, if I, Bob, just so, you know, our listeners can connect to you. If, if I asked like your, your family, your, your, um, people, people closest to you, something that, you know, is just so totally you that is just so unique. It just would only be something you would do, or maybe, maybe it's event. That's something that could only happen to Bob Berg. What, what might they tell me something that is, you know, would only could only happen to you, or that is just so totally you, um, that describes you. Let's see. Probably I'm kind of klutzy that (laughs) you remember the old Dick Van Dyke show. You've probably seen reruns back in the sixties when he comes in the house and he trips over that Ottoman on the way. Uh And that's something I would do. (laughs) Okay. Bob Bird, the classic go-giver, but also, um, occasional klutz. Okay. Well, Bob, where, where can we, our listeners just continue to, where would you hope or want them to, 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 um, connect with you and, and, you know, kind of find out more about what, um, you stand for and what you do. Yeah. My website's Berg, B-U-R-G.com. And while they're there, they can, if they'd like, subscribe to my daily impact uh, email that comes out Monday through Friday. There should be an annoying little pop-up that comes up in about 10 seconds and they can subscribe there. That's excellent. Well, Bob, you gave us a ton of um, wisdom. Thank you so much for what you put out into the world and um, hope this is not the last conversation. And just thank you for what you've uh, given to me personally and through the conversation. Thank you. I appreciate you greatly. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Bob. Hey, gang. All right. Wow. You made it to the end. I know your time is valuable. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for spending your time here with me. If you heard a quote you liked, got a quick bit of value, or you have an idea that can help convince others to join, I urge you to take a minute and leave a five-star rating and review. That helps us gain influence and bring some really great guests on to add even more value to you and others. You can also always contact me directly to tell me your thoughts. I'd love to hear from you. All my info is in the notes. Let's help convince anyone that they have the ability to sell well just by being great humans. And this podcast is proof. All right. See you on the next episode of Stories of Selling Human.